Hello, James. Hello, Gabriel. I want to interview you about game worlds because I think that you have unconscious competence about game worlds that you don't really know that you know about game worlds, but you just naturally create as if you had training in it. And the reason why I'm coming to you is because you are building a house and and a bit over a week ago, I was at your place and I was working with you in the house and I was sleeping there and I've been there and, and I see you are sitting right now in your house. And I asked you the question that I thought about building a house once in my life and somehow having this empty piece of paper just lying, like I'm imagining like a zero, like full table piece of paper to make some description or actual drawing of how the house is supposed to be like. And then I would be sitting there and it's like, oh, wow, like what do I do? What do I want? How is that in your reality? From my perspective, we have this phrase, there's this phrase that often pops up like a blank slate or a, a clean start or, or and that, that's what where I go to when you speak of a, a white, a big A0 white piece of paper. And that idea of a fresh start or a clean slate is not accurate because there's just, the, the clean start doesn't exist. There's always, there's always something there. So the, the blank piece of paper is, is more like, it kind of exists in, in your mind more than in reality. And the reality is that there's a huge amount of information already in existence. Like you, you already have a, a life and you're already in a context and there are already other people in your life. And, and so the question is, what's, what's going on here already? And there's this physical context in which you exist as well. And, and the sun comes up and, and the sun goes down and the wind blows and the, the ground has varying levels of moisture and flatness and all these things. There's just so much information already in existence. It's no way you'd even fit it on your A0 piece of paper, even if you wrote small. So, so that's what comes up for me with your blank piece of paper. So what information is already there when you want to build a house? Well, you already have a way of living. And so the question is, how can the structure amplify or at very least allow and at, and at best like amplify this, this way of living and, and sort of evolve this way of living or create the space in which the evolution can happen? At the very minimum, not obstruct it because so many of the buildings that I'm surrounded by obstruct life from happening. Like They don't have sheds or workshops or spaces for like messy spaces for creation to happen. You know, there's uh, a lot of houses that are built are just are very clean and tidy and soulless and just these 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 destructive spaces for humans to live in. And then and then you're fighting. You're, you're you're beginning with a big handicap. And so, at the very least, what I start with when I'm thinking about buildings is is, is how to remove the handicaps. So at least to have a a fair start, a reasonable start. You know. Can you be more specific about about what you did actually when you built your house? The vision that you had of your house, how did how did it benefit that space? Yeah, well, to be specific, we we had a barbecue, invited some friends around, lit a fire, cooked some meat on the fire, had some beers, and on the site right here, and that was the first thing we did was just hung out here with with friends and just sort of imagined stuff and chatted about possibilities and chatted about other random things as well it wasn't like right here we are this is our job we are we, we now begin the envisaging the envisioning process for our house you know it wasn't it was it was never that sort of serious or focused right from the start and 
and really always it's been like it's always been like a, a relatively gentle space where we can we allow ourselves to move into and out of this sort of the the deliberate act of of giving shape to the to the physical structure and and a, a lot of our early work was in words uh and with sketches and deliberately so like writing how we wanted what what we wanted the experience of being in this place to be rather than getting stuck with any with any geometric shapes right from the start so we're always we're always moving towards some description or some understanding of, a, of an experience rather than an image-based you know, starting point. So it wasn't like, you know, we were never, we were never talking about what sort of style the house would be in terms of its look. It was, it was always about what would it be like to be in this space and to live in this space and to live around this space. Thank you. That, that, that seems to be quite important. You said two things just now. And the first one was that it's a gentle process. It doesn't work when you force it. Like now we do it, go. But instead it's it's more letting it come, like letting it letting it be birthed and just observing the process as it is happening through you. And the second thing that I'm hearing is that to focus on, and I think this is also true for game worlds, to focus on the experience people have playing in the game world rather than how it looks. So my imagination is that when you you're sitting around the campfire and you somehow have ideas of how, how how the house looks like and then you also have you already know how many people are going to live in the house and you already know somehow your budget and you already know maybe the the time frame or the direction of the porch there and to see the to have the view you already know a lot of things as you said of of how it's going to be like just from the physical factors of of having this physical world building hmm. And then you say you somehow envision how it would be living there and how it would be growing up there and how it would be being together there and what kind of spaces you want to have in in terms of when you invite people or just the ordinary Monday evening dinner at home. How is it going to be? How would you cook there? What would the space be? How would it be in summer? How would it be in winter? That's the experiences I'm, I'm getting you, you talk about. Am I missing something? Yeah, well, now as you're talking, I'm just I'm remembering some of those first things that came up, and one of the one of the key ones was was the direction of approach. Like, how do you actually get from arriving, most likely in a car, parking the car, and getting from there to the house? Like, that was a really foundational aspect of of the orientation of the building. And then another one was was well, where's the garden going to be? Like, where's the the close garden, like the kitchen garden, the place where you pop out and get a few greens for dinner? Like, it needs to be somewhere. It needs to be a space for that right nearby. And then the other two really big things were summer shade and winter sun, like somewhere to sit in the shade, especially in the afternoon and summer, and somewhere to bask at this time of the year, like when the sun does come out, somewhere either inside the house or right on a on a step or a porch or something right adjacent to the house to sit in the sun in, in winter. And yeah, and there's just so much, there's so much stuff we never bothered to explain because there was no outside person to explain it to. There was no architect to say, oh, this is important to us. We must have a garden near, nearby the house and have to sort of justify this. Or we must have an entrance way that's big enough for raincoats and gumboots and potatoes and things to happen. Like, so there's there's all these conversations that we just never needed to have, which was like looking, thinking about it now is 
fantastic because we could just be who we are or who we were at the time and just create from there without having to explain ourselves to anybody or justify anything to any outside person. And then by the time an outside person did come along, because we did need an architect eventually to draw it up, it was kind of evolved to the point where all those original important things were more or less invisible. You know, they dissolved into the into the overall shape. So there was no need to question them or explain them, really. Yeah, cool. So in a way, what I'm what I'm hearing is that like just being with it with yourself and not having anyone approving of it is helping. And also having having been living there seems to be somehow like you lived on the property before you planned the house. So you already knew how cold it's going to be in winter and how hot it's going to be in summer and how much is raining and and all the physical dimensions. So you somehow you were accustomed to the space that you are in. And I think it's the same thing with game worlds too. When I build a game world as part of Archiarchy, to already have some experience of how it is to be there, that gives me more information about about the outside, like dimensions of the house of, of, of the game world that I'm building. Just mm. because you say, like, yeah, in summer it's hot, so I need some shade. In the winter it's cold, so I need some sun. I would not have thought about it. I think. What might a game world equivalent of, of summer, summer and winter sun be? Do you think? If you take away the season of it, this could be how about how people joining. It's not only how they arrive in the physical space, but how how do they come and then they need to grow and be harvested very close by and then they leave again. So this would be like, oh, this game will attract people that are something completely different, like summer and winter that are somehow in the in the space. And we need something else or I need something else for for the winter people and the summer people because they're so different. So I need two different aspects of how I'm relating with them at the same time, probably. That's why it's so easy to see this in this physical world dimensions, I think, because the energetic of it and the patterns that run like conscious or unconscious, they're just not as visible as, as the wall behind you. What I'm trying to figure out is if, if I get it in physical world reality, how can I then adapt it? Like, what can I take to the energetic level? Hmm. One thing that comes up just as you're talking is, is this thing about arbitrary decision. Like through reading Christopher Alexander, who was this incredible visionary architect, he really brought my attention to just the sheer magnitude of the number of decisions that exist when you're creating a physical space. That we, we tend to have a sort of patterning in, our, in whatever culture you exist in that answer a lot of these questions more or less automatically. So they become subconscious for the, in the building culture. Like how high a window is or where a PowerPoint is or how thick the skirting board is, um, where the handle is on a door or where the handle is on a window and what sort of handle you've got and how the window opens, uh, the width of the floorboards. There's just so many things. He had a rough calculation of, of how many decisions there are in an, in, in an average building. And it was, it was in the, pretty sure it was in the tens of thousands. And that's one thing that I've kept in my awareness. I've, I've done everything I can to keep in my awareness as we've been going along to, to not assume anything, but to actually decide, consciously decide as many things as possible. And it's, it's really, it's really, it's a real challenge because every decision takes time for a start. And every, and so every decision is a potential sort of derailment of the, of the smooth momentum and, and process. And, and at the same time, every decision has potential to affect 
the experience of being in the space. And the, honestly, the number of times I've thought that I knew what I was going to do and then I got to a decision and was was derailed by it or, or realised just how many possibilities there were at that point. Even just laying tiles, like recently we've been, we had these terracotta tiles and initially it was like, great, okay, we've got terracotta tiles. We work out the, the, the footprint where the tiles are going to go and that's fine. And then it's like, oh, really? Is that, are there any more decisions to be made here? And then, you know, there's the, there's the gap between the tiles that's important. There's the, the, we decided to place some white tiles in amongst the terracotta and we, we spent days playing around with different configurations of those white tiles because it turns out that one single white tile in amongst the terracotta makes a huge difference. The energetic presence of that particular space is, is shifted quite dramatically by the number and the location and the size of these white tiles. So me and Pip, my partner, just tried all different configurations, moving little bits of cardboard around and, and testing them out, effectively testing them with, with our energetic bodies to see what resonated and what, what really what lifted the space or what shifted the space and how it shifted the space. Each configuration will have an effect on the, on the luminosity, the degree to which the area around, in this case, the tiles, it glows effectively. Like, does it glow more or less intensely in this with this configuration? Something like that question has been the questions, the question that we've asked of as much as many things as we can along the way. Yeah, when I come into the house, it's it's like it's filled with love, and I think that's the outcome of exactly that. Energetically, it's so warm, so not only physically insulated, but I can feel the the detailness and the love that was put into cutting all these boards and how how things are and the little details that are visible probably i don't even see 10 percent of the details but i think they are there and create a different space like they create a different physical space actually one thing that i noticed you, you, <laughs> yeah. you noticed was the stair like i don't think anyone else has actually you touched the the tread of the stair and you were like oh did you cut that to the there's different different timbers on the very toe of the stair tree and that's something we spent ages of deciding it's a really great example of, of what i was just talking about in terms of glow because we we started off i had the tread that was too narrow it needed an inch an inch more's width added to it and so i could have just added the same timber to it or we had the opportunity to put different timber on it and so i brought these pieces of timber into the space we were living several different options and we're moving them around and we started off in the space of pip would say oh, i like this one and i would say oh, i like this one and then was this sort of coming together this conflict kind of energy based based on opinion and image-based concept just like one of us liked the idea of contrast and one of us liked the idea of something else and felt this kind of constricting heading towards conflict sort of space and then it was like okay pop that with this question about glow, it's like, okay, so just forget about what we like and, and which combination changes the energy in the room. And then it was obvious, like there was no, and, and the kids were kind of coming and going and they were putting their two cents in and and, and all of a sudden everybody agreed. So we, we, we shifted from the space of, of ideas, preferences, heading towards conflict to, oh, it's kind of obvious. Because all of a sudden we, we were using, we weren't just using our eyes and our minds, we were using, as far as I can tell, our energetic bodies as well. And what I hear you saying is that it's not about your box anymore. 
but but like yeah. it's not about their own preferences okay this is how i like it this is what i think is beautiful and it's about the it's about the bigger picture you've been talking about details in a way it seems to me about um how the tiles are and i think i agree that that the how they are at the moment makes a difference or about the stairs and before we've been talking about or you've been you've been saying about how you were sitting there and having a barbecue on the place where now the house is and it seems as if there's like a big chunk missing in the middle like how do you get from the house idea or rough rough sketch of this is the amount of rooms i have to to putting the tiles in because you're already there in the building process we did a lot of mocking up and a lot of sketching and looking at other places and using sticks the beach is a fantastic place to go with a stick to get scale paste out spaces draw draw your plan out one to one on a on a beach at low tide is fantastic and so we did that sort of thing i i got some bamboo poles and and actually modeled the house one-to-one on the site with bamboo poles and and string between the poles to get the a sense for the volume for the overall volume of the building we built out of like corrugated iron and, and bits of cardboard and bits of random wood and things different spaces like this i remember especially the toilet because we've got this thing about toilets and bathrooms that often in, in, in modern houses they're just they're like cupboards they're places these kind of slightly embarrassing places that we go to do these these sort of rudimentary human acts of cleaning and and defecating but and i have a different perspective about about those places and that they're actually opportunities for they can be beautiful places too and so i have a particularly clear memory of working out the toilet space i had a few pieces of plywood and a bucket to sit on and and a space there where the window is going to be and we we effectively built it out of movable parts first. And then when we found a configuration that worked and fitted into this idea roughly of where, where in the house it was going to be, then we drew it. So it's this way of rather than going from mind to paper or computer screen to reality when the thing is built, we're following this trajectory where we, re- we re- really started in the experience. We started sitting on a bucket, moving the window to where we wanted it, feeling out how close the wall wanted to be in order to be comfortable. So we're not like just jammed into this little cupboard space, but we're actually sitting somewhere where we want to be. And then when we found this this place of ease and beauty in reality and an actual experiential reality, then then we measured things up. Then we captured the dimensions and and put it onto onto paper or onto computer so in a way you played around until it sensed right until you sensed it was right and then you said okay this is how it is and you just made the decision for the first rough sketch and then also to give give it to the architect to make the plan of okay this is 2.321 meters and and this this length is i don't know whatever the the water comes out here and like all these then decisions that follow from the energetic sensation yeah at every stage there's the next opportunity to check everything and to and to make the next sort of scale of adjustments because at the beginning there's the scale is the biggest where the the, the biggest decisions are made the with the least effort 
you move a wall with a strike of a pencil, but then it gets pretty hard to move a wall later on when it's when it's in physical reality. Another thing we did was once the concrete slab went down, we already had the rough placement and dimension of all the windows, but we went around and with scraps of timber and actually built the outline of every window and stood there and made it slightly bigger or smaller or or higher or lower or left or right until it was exactly where it wanted to be. And and again, then we recorded that and modified the plans, which had already been to council and been approved by that stage. Your question about how did we get from the barbecue and the sketches to moving tiles around, really it's the it's by doing the same thing, but just at different scales. Always with paying attention to the same things, but it's just the, the nature and the scale of the decisions are different. So there's always this sense of detail, even when the decisions are relatively larger in scale, there was still this care and, and attention to to detail, it felt very similar. The experience of being in that early stages of the creation process actually felt really similar to moving tiles around. It's just that the, the things being moved around and played with are different. And I think that is the creation process, that, that is the, the building. I don't really know how to grasp it yet because for me, it seems to be so different to move a wall around or to move a tile around. And at the same time, I get how the question somehow is, how does it align with what I'm trying to create here? Like, How does it align to, to the house I want to live in? And how does it align to the experiences I want to have in there? The process is the same, just the, the, just the detail um, lever is, is on a different position because the bigger house is, is just a more rough, like where the, where the main poles are that, that carry the weight of the of the second floor and and so on they're just details on a different on a different level i don't know if this is true or not we'll say it anyway and see what it feels like but my my, my sense is that the that like if you put it on a graph in terms of importance like the importance graph the decisions you make earlier on are more important than the decisions you make later like the the overall volume of the house or the size of the wall or the location of the wall is, is more important than the, the location of the tile, for example, which is not to say that the tiles aren't important, but there's something about the, the scale of the decisions that are just are more formative for, with those, those large structural components. And, and yet the question is always the same. The question is always the same. It's like down which path does more life lie, more aliveness lie? Where does that end? It seems to me that, that this could, could go into detail. And like, if you'd move your stairs that are in the middle, like they're, they're more or less starting in the middle of the room. Like they don't start just next to the door on the outside wall. They start after a room and then the stairs go go up and next to the stairs, there's a, a, a hallway. And if the hallway would be three centimeters smaller and the other room would be three centimeters thicker, I don't think it would make such a difference. Or if the stairs would start like a centimeter more back into the room and would upstairs be a centimeter, like arrive a centimeter later. So these are decisions because the house, how it is built right now is how it is built. So where does, where does the detail end? Where, where's the case where you say, okay, like in between those five centimeters, the, the width of the stairs, it, it doesn't really matter anymore. Okay. So. 
So we're we're on a video call now, and if I move my head to here, how's that for you? Well, I I only see half of your face, well, not yeah. even half of your face. So it's so, it's a little disconnecting. So what's it like here? You're I see two thirds of your face, a little bit more than that, and and it's like as if you're also not really present, but you're more present than just before. Okay, so what about here? That'd be okay. Would be still a little off, but but. Okay, tell me to tell me when to stop. Stop. Okay. Yeah, you're not in. You don't have to be in the middle, but you're in this range of. You, you moved. You just moved your head from from the side of the screen to more in the middle of the screen, and at some point it didn't matter anymore. Like now you're pretty much in the middle, but if you would have been a little bit further out, it would have been would have been on right. Okay, great. We well, just answered your own question. So what you're saying is that that is it's again a sensation of aim aim for perfection, and then I deal with whatever I get. Deal with whatever <laughs> you get. I think this is somehow this is somehow like so good working for for the physical world, and I think also for for a game world of of okay. The, so I wanna I wanna create the perfect thing, and then just look and be within this variableness of. This is how it works. Also with the people who are there and then the, the others that play in the game world that also influence what you get in the end. Yeah. Cool. Thank you. I, I would like to end the conversation here right now. And me personally, I got some things about how the physical world, house building and the game world world of starting and feeling and sensing. Like it's, it seems to be a lot of energetic and, and feelings influence that yeah make the decision of what the space is about and this could be a physical space but also an energetic space i'm i'm glad for and i'm really glad for this conversation because it's it's reminded me of a lot of things that have sort of been latent in me but in terms of the process of, of building this place and and also just the general like i'm not a builder and here i am building a house like what i am i just Fucking, I love making stuff. I love this, just not even making physical things, just this act of creation and just to be and and to step into the, especially spaces that I'm just like not competent in this, like building and then slowly, slowly get, develop some skills and develop some, some level of competence in it. And it's that, and then once the competence comes, it also becomes less interesting and I want to move on to the next thing. I, I'm saying that that I've enjoyed this little exploration and I and I have there's there's a lot up for me in this space a lot bubble there's a lot of starting to bubble up for me and I could go on for hours and at some point I will and I'm writing a lot of this I'm writing a lot of the stuff down as well and and there's a lot more to it so I look forward to further further chats with you cool thank you James <laughs>